A frustrated rider struggles to keep his family alive when a series of global catastrophes threaten to annihilate mankind. This is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining Ruining Our Our Childhood. Childhood. A nostalgic weekly podcast where a married couple rewatches and reviews our favorite 90s and 2000s movies to decide if they hold up to our adult standards. That is what we do here, and I'm Ashley. And I'm Ryan. In case you didn't know. Yeah. If this is your first time listening, where have you been? And why are you starting on 2012? Yeah, we did some really good movies <laughs> prior to this. Uh, or debatable movies. Touche. Touche. I just touched your touche. How dare you? (laughs) Anyway, guys, uh, this movie beat out the ultimate loser of our loser bracket. We were in the finals. It was against 2012 and in the army now. And as predicted, in the army now is the final loser. Yeah. When we do season three, whatever comes up with the loser from that, we should just do a poll and see which one was worse. In the Army Now or whatever we come up with for season three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're totally going to forget to do that. For sure. But it's a good idea. We will hold you guys accountable for reminding us. <laughs> yes. You just DM us and be like, hey, you guys. S- you, you were going to do, gonna this, do poll. this Yeah. Do it. Just kidding. Yeah. You're not going to be held accountable for anything. No. Can't believe we're at the end of season two. Mm-hmm. Just got two more episodes. Yeah. And we'll talk more about In the Army Now next week when we review it. Which I'm not looking forward to. No. No, me neither. <laughs> it's pretty but bad. Today, we're talking about 2009 classic? <laughs> Question mark. Yeah. 2012. Mm-hmm. Why don't we go down memory road and you can hit us with some 2009 facts. Have we done a 2009 movie, by the way? I don't think we have. Because if you remember when we started the podcast, 2009 was like the last cutoff year no because we oh you're right yeah. sorry i feel like we've been doing this for 10 years oh no 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 two two years two okay. years okay. two years yeah so this movie was released on november 13th of 2009 it had a budget of 200 million dollars and it made 791 million dollars shit pretty damn <laughs> successful some popular tv shows from 2009 were the mentalist NCSI Los Angeles, and CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. Sure. Uh, The number one song the week the movie came out was All City Fireflies. And a couple other popular songs were Britney Spears 3 and Jason Derulo, What You Say. Ooh. Yeah. Mm, What You Say. Mm, What You Say. (laughs) (laughs) And some popular movies from 2009 were Avatar, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, and Harry Potter and the Half-Blooded Prince. Is it? It's just Half-Blood Prince, isn't it? You are correct. Half-Blood Prince. I'm looking at the book right now. Yep. Blooded. Blooded. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Interesting. A little different from the usual facts that we spit out. Except there was a Harry Potter movie in there. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Harry Potter was Pretty putting much. out movies a yearly. Yeah. Basically once 2000s. a year. Yeah. So... Take me back to 2009. What were you doing? Who were you hanging out with? 2009, I will say less than one month after this movie came out, I proposed marriage to someone. What? Yeah. Who is this bitch? No, I'm just kidding. It's me. <laughs> yeah. That's me. It's you. Ah. 2009. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. We're just little babies. Mm-hmm. I just got a Facebook. <laughs> Uh-huh. simpler times simpler just got times. a facebook i remember when i we yeah. like did your facebook it was right when i proposed to you you like set it up i think the first post i ever said was she said yes and you still have the same picture yep never changed it yeah your picture is 12 years old and if i'm correct it's me squeezing ketchup into my mouth no no it's the picture of you just at the bar in a green shirt oh I don't even know what my own Facebook profile picture is. I thought it was like you squeezing ketchup into your mouth. I thought so. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah. You see it every time you're on Facebook. It's like the symbol. I know, but I never pay attention to mine. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're the worst. I know. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, anyway, 2009. It's so weird because we're doing a movie called 2012, but we're talking about a different year. It's very confusing. <laughs> it's very confusing. I feel like this movie should have waited yeah. until 2012. Unless... The creators were so adamant that they thought that 2012 was really going to be the year that all the shit happened. Yeah. And said it was 2020. I was going to say. Yeah. Did we see this movie in theaters? I don't think we did. I don't think we did either. Mm-hmm. I do remember it kind of being like a big deal mm-hmm. because so many people believed that 2012 was the end of days. Yes. Um, and I do remember at the time I was working at a retail store in the electronics area and i have like a 2012 button i think because it this movie does star john cusack Mm -hmm. everybody knows i love me some john cusack yes you do so yeah chevy loves them some john cusack (laughs) he voices the commercials yeah yeah good talk right no but i i agree with you i remember this movie being crazy popular Mm-hmm. Also, I remember when 2012 rolled around, I had some people in my life that thought the world was going to end. Yes. Which I never have really bought into any of those. I think there's part of me that's like, what am I going to do about it? If it's happening, it's happening. Hey. You know? I had a good run. <laughs> I guess it's like, I already worry about enough things going on. I try not to think about the fact that the end of the world is imminent. Now, though, post-2020... Mm-hmm. I feel like that shit is more likely to happen or not. Less skeptical? Yes. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I'm less skeptical that bad things can happen. But if you told me in 2009 that anything that happened in like 2020 happened, I'd be like, nothing bad ever happens to anybody, especially in the United States, right? Yeah. At this point, we were how old? 22? 23? 25. Yeah. Yeah. Dumb babies. <laughs> But I agree with you. You wouldn't have been able to convince me that. No. Like, hey, in 11 years, mm-hmm. you're going to have to wear a mask just to go to the grocery store. We lived in a very, I think, like growing up in the 90s and 2000s, we kind of grew up in this like little bubble of prosperous times. And me and you both have had a lot of like privilege in the sense that we've had good home life. So we're... Mm-hmm middle-class Americans were just nothing really bad has happened to us so yeah like the fact that I couldn't believe that something really crazy could happen mm-hmm. is not surprising not to mention I, I'm kind of a know-it-all yeah so if you try to convince me like <laughs> this guy over here trying to convince me of this <laughs> crap you're a know-it-all that actually has no evidence to back up the appointing of you <laughs> not a one <laughs> you're just like I don't believe you walk away uh good times i hear your argument and i disagree and just walk away so i i read this synopsis right and i realized i thought this movie was going to be very similar to a day after tomorrow where like john cusack is also maybe a paleoclimatologist fingers crossed but it says he's a frustrated writer so he's just a writer okay see i I do not remember this movie then. I remember John Cusack. I remember. And I remember some of the things that happened. But again, I think we touched on this in The Day After Tomorrow. There was stuff that happened The Day After Tomorrow, which I thought were, was in this movie and vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just remember him driving in like, Los the, Angeles and the world shifting. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. I remember that for some reason. I don't I, remember anybody else in the movie. Other than John Cusack? I also remember, like, the premise of what uh, the lottery. They had a shelter and only certain... That's kind of, like, deep impact, but it also is in this movie. Okay. So. Now that you brought that up, I go, oh, yeah. Yeah. I remember that. It's like the rich people. Mm-hmm. Typical rich people. <sighs> Having no knowledge of this movie or memory of this movie, really, mm-hmm. other than the couple scenes that we just talked about. Do you think this movie is going to hold up? I'm going to say yes. As And by hold up, I mean holds up to being a slightly entertaining disaster movie. Exactly. I think the fact that Mr. Cusack's in this, he's a good actor. I would assume there's some other good actors also mm-hmm. within this movie. That's not to say like Day After Tomorrow didn't have good actors because they did. Yeah. 
But I think the other thing that this will benefit from is this came out five years after Day After Tomorrow. So there's five more years of advanced technology to use for your special effects. I hope so. I would hope that this movie has better special effects than Day After Tomorrow. And we didn't have an issue with any of Mm -mm. the Day After Tomorrow effects. I was expecting on going 2004 it's probably going to be crappy and it wasn't so i'm thinking here it's going to be even better special effects okay yeah i'm gonna agree with you i think it's gonna hold up also um fun fact the writer of 2012 also wrote a day after tomorrow Mm -hmm. or the day after tomorrow (laughs) whatever you know what i'm talking about a day after tomorrow (laughs) you messed it up (laughs) i I did it on purpose (laughs) And he also wrote, like, Independence Day, so. And he wrote something else. Um, Godzilla. Godzilla. The the 1998 version. Mmm. Yeah. Some would say the better version. I've never seen that movie. I can't even back that up. I watched it. I don't remember it. It made a huge impact on you. <laughs> the soundtrack. Some would even say a deep impact. <laughs> Disaster movies. Uh. Should we just have a conversation where we just uh, use titles of disaster movies? I'm I just mean, kidding. if you just want to Armageddon it. <laughs> they have to make sense. Right? You can't just add them. I was like, what's a disaster movie? Quick, Armageddon. I can't even think of any other ones. Yeah, we're not good at this. We're no. not good at improv. Mm-hmm. So we both say it's going to hold up mm-hmm. to being a decent disaster movie. Where can you stream this? Um, You can stream 2012 on the peacock network (laughs) it also shows that it's on something called tv vision oh i don't know what that is and uh sci-fi so you probably can watch it on their app or something okay um but you can also rent it and buy it so it's available i know it was on netflix for a while i was kind of hoping it was still on there but yeah because on peacock we might be getting some commercials yeah that sounds horrible yeah you could always rent it yeah I hate on those apps that have commercials because I feel like a lot of them play the same two commercials over and over again. And I'm like, I don't mind the commercials. Just show me something a little different. Yeah. I think it was the CBS All Access. I was watching something on it one time and I was watching two episodes and they were the exact commercials every single time to the point where I, I felt like I could start memorizing them. And then you're like, I will never buy your product. Because I've had to sit through your commercial too many times. Yeah. Like, give me a variety, CBS. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, so, we're going to go ahead and hit that. Pausey pause. And come back and talk about 2012. We're back. We just finished watching 2012. And we're going to go ahead and break down our movie with our categories. Like we always do. And our first category is, well, hello there. Well, hello there. Where we talk about any cameos of famous or recognizable actors or actresses that we forgot were in the movie. Who did you notice? Well, we did mention one person that's in this movie. Mm -hmm. And actually, he's not the main character. No. (laughs) Well, I think, I would say it's like a 50-50 split, really. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it was John Cusack. He plays Jackson Curtis, who Mm -hmm. is a writer or the writer in the aforementioned summary of the movie Mm -hmm. and he is john cusack he's amazing and i love him yeah the end no (laughs) um you know john cusack from gross point blank high fidelity say anything uh but more recently he's doing a tv show on amazon prime called utopia okay you, you just went down the, I'm going to name everything he's in because I know everything he's Let in. Let me start. Yeah. John Cusack was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1967. I don't even know if that's his uh, birthday. It'd be amazing if I got it right. Uh, God. When is his restraining order against you expire? <laughs> I don't know. No? It's 66. Damn oh. It, and it, he actually was born in Evanston, Illinois. Okay. So. All right. Well, <laughs> my my first one is Chiwetel Ejiofor, who plays Adrian Helmsley. Yes. Who, is, what was he, like a scientist, would you say? Yes. Yeah. He wasn't a paleoclimatologist. No. But he was vaguely a very important scientist with Ian something. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of science jargon that went over my head because it probably was meant to. 
I was going to say, they start talking about it, and I go, mm-hmm, yep, sounds right. <laughs> Show me more death. <laughs> Chiwetel is from Love Actually, 12 Years a Slave, and he's going to be in the Doctor Strange sequel, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. He's going to be the bad guy, because he essentially kind of went, turned into a bad guy. Spoiler alert for Doctor Strange. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. My next one is Amanda Peet. Mm-hmm who plays Kate Curtis, who is Jackson's ex-wife. She more recently was in the Dirty John TV show. I think she's in the second season because each season's a different story. Mm-hmm. And most notably, I think the whole nine yards would definitely be the top of Amanda Peet's. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Our Neighbors Are Making Loud Noises. Our neighbor's working on his car. Yay. If it's not an ice cream truck, <laughs> it's some hammering and drilling. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to have to get through it, you know? Yeah. It's not that big of a deal. You guys understand, right? Yeah. They should. You should. You should. <laughs> Let's move on. My next one is Oliver Platt. He plays Carl Anheuser. Mm-hmm. Uh, believe it or not, not related to Anheuser-Busch. <laughs> I kept hearing that name and I was thinking that. Yeah, same. He's... Like an advisor to the president. Vaguely. Vaguely, but somehow makes himself the acting commander in chief at one point. Which I find hilarious because he's not, I don't think he's like a head of any sort of department, right? No. And I think it skipped like 20, mm-hmm. 20 public figures. There's a lot of people in that line of succession. No name guy advisor to the president, not on that list. Right, right, right. So Oliver Platt, he's been in a couple of our recent movies. He was in Beethoven and Dr. Doolittle, and he's on Chicago Med. Yes. My next one is Jimmy Mystery, or Mistry, maybe? Mm-hmm. He plays Dr. Santnam, and he's one of uh, Adrian Helmsley's co-workers. He's actually like the first person that finds out that the Earth's core is melting. Yes. He is most notably for me from Ella Enchanted. He plays Benny, which is like he's stuck in a mirror. Okay. I love that movie. But he uh, more recently was in a couple of British TV shows, including The Syndicate and Coronation Street. Okay. I've heard of Ella Enchanted. Have I never made you watch that? You have not. It's probably my favorite movie that I don't own. It would have to be because we've been together for almost 15 years and you've never made me watch this. Okay. Well, put it on the list, guys. All right. My next one is Danny Glover. Uh Uh-huh. And he plays Thomas Wilson, who is the president of the United States. Yes. Um, We know Danny Glover from all of the Lethal Weapons. Mm -hmm. And more recently, he was in the Jumanji sequel, Jumanji, The Next Level. That's true. And he has like... Eight things in the works. Mm -hmm. And I believe one of those is a Lethal Weapon sequel. It might have been. Yeah. I just glanced and I just saw Mm post-production, pre-production announced. I was like, man, calm down. Save some (laughs) acting jobs for the rest of us, Danny Glover. (laughs) And by the rest of us, like, I'm acting. (laughs) Let me get some roles, Danny Glover. And also, me and Danny Glover would be going for the same roles (laughs) at this point. crotchety 75 year old man that saves up right yeah i don't think you guys are going for the same roles (laughs) who is your next one good question there's so many people Mm -hmm. uh the next one for me is chin han Mm -hmm. and he plays tenzin who is a uh chinese worker on the ark Mm -hmm. which we come to find out is the ark and he is from the dark knight Mm -hmm. and then uh he's gonna be in mortal kombat Mm-hmm. Which I spelled with a C. Okay. <laughs> well, that's okay, because I put Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Kombat. Uh, playing Shang Tsung. Yeah. My next one is Thandie Newton. Yes. She plays Laura Wilson, who is the president's daughter. Yeah, and she's also... A, she, she's a doctor. They yes. They called her Dr. Wilson, but she also has like a doctorate in like art or art something. yeah she's, she's like a curator art. yes mm-hmm. that was the word i was thinking of. i was like she's a doctor in art yeah a doctor it's in not... art thandy newton probably most famously in crash and mm-hmm. westworld also does a voice on big mouth yeah mm-hmm. she plays M- mona 
the hormone monster. Yep. Hilarious. Um, my next one is Ostrich Chow, and he plays Nima, who is Tenzin's brother, and he's also a uh, Buddhist monk, mm-hmm. I believe. And most notably for me, he plays Kevin Tran on Supernatural, mm-hmm. reoccurring character. And he's also has a reoccurring character in the Arrowverse. Like he, he's done all of the shows. Okay. And it was is listed as the same character, and he does a voice for the Carmen San Diego cartoon. Very that just nice. Came out. We need to check that out. Yeah, I do. did love me some Carmen San Diego growing up. Right. Same. My next one is Morgan Lily. She plays Lily. <laughs> it's very confusing. Um. Most notably, she played the young Raven in X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past. Okay. And she was also on the, uh, had a reoccurring character on the show Claws with Niecy Nash. Yes. Mm -hmm. I thought she looked familiar and I just forgot to look her up. My next person is George Siegel. He plays Tony, who is a lounge singer on The Cruise. Yes. Or The Cruise that they show Mm -hmm. on this movie he's most notably from just shoot me and more recently he has a recurring character on the goldbergs or he might be in the main cast i don't even know i, I don't think, watch that show i think he's on the main cast oh, okay yeah my next one is woody harrelson mm-hmm. uh, he plays charlie frost who has like a conspiracy theorist radio show right um woody harrelson from cheers Zombieland. i did see he is going to play carnage in the Venom sequel that is called Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Interesting. I did not know that. So, cool, cool. I didn't either. I love me some Woody Harrelson. Oh, yeah. I, do you think when people listen, when we name what they're from, they sit there and yell at us like, how could you not mention he was in Natural Born Killers? Maybe. Okay. But I also feel like they're like, well, I'm not here to have you just read off their IMBD. Mm-hmm verbatim yeah and then in 1992 <laughs> we should one episode uh do like ricky gervais at the golden globes and just pick what their worst thing they're known for is and just list off all of those <laughs> that'd be hilarious yeah maybe season three yeah there you go my next one is blue man Cuba. he plays harry which is adrian's dad you come to find out but he's also the partner of tony in their lounge act on the cruise ship. Mm-hmm. And he is from Robocop. And uh, he's done episodes of Fringe. And he was Toto in the Tin Man uh, miniseries. With Zoe? Yeah, with Zoe Deschanel in 2007. Okay. And he has a lot of other things. And he looks so familiar. And I can't completely place him. Okay. So I'm assuming it's the Tin Man thing. Or maybe the episode of Fringe. Probably Fringe. He looked super familiar to me. My next one is John Billingsley. Mm-hmm. He plays Frederick West, who is a co-worker of Adrian. Uh-huh. And John was the coroner on True Blood. And more recently, he was on an episode of The Rookie with Nathan Fillion. Okay, yeah. Mm. My next one is Tom McCarthy. He plays Gordon, who is Kate's, Amanda Peet's character's new husband, or mm-hmm. newer husband. Seems new, right? Yeah. Um, he has acted quite a bit but he's more notably a writer and he wrote spotlight oh really yeah and the state station agent with uh peter dinklage okay it's a good movie and um more recently he's acted in the tv series on apple tv in little america okay did he win an academy award for spotlight i believe so because i think that won something yes yeah he's won one oscar and earned a nomination for Best Director. And apparently he wrote the screenplay for the movie that makes you cry like a little baby, Up. I just saw that. <laughs> Thanks for bringing it up. Good looking out. Uh, the things you learn. Mm-hmm. My next one is Michael Buffer playing himself. That's true. And if you don't know who Michael Buffer is, he's the guy who does the let's get ready to rumble before boxing matches. And that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Played himself. <laughs> um, there was a lot of people I should mention. Obviously, it's similar to like our Deep Impact episode and the day after tomorrow. There's just so many actors, so we couldn't quite name them all. Yeah. Because there was a couple people that I could have written down, but I didn't. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but my last one is Liam James. He plays Noah, who is uh, Jackson and Kate's son. And he was um, more notably in The Way Way Back, a movie with Steve Carell and Sam Rockwell mm-hmm. and Amanda Peet. Yeah. Among other people. And more recently was in the TV series The Deadly Class, which was on sci-fi and it had uh, Lana Condor in it. But I think it got canceled. Okay. Cool. Uh, but that's all I had. I had two more. Okay. Uh, one is the actor Stephen McHattie. He played Captain Michaels, who was like the captain of one of the arcs. Yeah. Um, big thing I remember him from is Beverly Hills Cop 3. Some mm-hmm. would say the better Beverly Hills Cop. I don't think anybody's ever said that in their lives. Yeah. <laughs> and also he was on Orphan Black. Oh, okay. Um, and then my last one, legendary to our podcast, Low Flying Helicopter. So many. Yeah. And especially at the end, he was just flying along the side of the arc. That's true. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. If so I was... His best work. <laughs> if I was a person in this world that is ending, I would definitely want to be in the helicopter. Except for the times where there was flying objects, like Yellowstone. Yeah. Then I would not want to be in a helicopter. No. You're just screwed. No. If you could get in a helicopter and get to, like, the top of a mountain... Like a really, really high mountain, you might be okay. That's true. But I don't know. Maybe the mountain will just start blowing up. That's you never know in this this movie. Shit went crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. Shall we move on, or should we take a quick break? We should take a quick break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about more stuff. <laughs> <laughs> The next category is called Kids Would Call It a Throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. And by teens, we mean we're, we were like 20. I was going to say, I was like 25. <laughs> uh, we, where we talk about the fashion, dated references, offensive jokes. And yeah. Did you have anything in this? For fashion, Jackson's daughter, Lily, yes. has a quite the obsession with hats. Right. But one of her hats, I believe it's the one she's wearing when they go camping, but yeah. she takes and just changes them throughout. But it did look like a hat that the employees have to wear at hot dog on a stick. Yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. It was pretty bad. But she had quite the obsession to the point that when their house was collapsing, she looked back at the house and said, my hats. Yeah. <laughs> I did like when they were camping and he was looking through a bag for, I think, to give her some pajamas or something he's like Mm. where's your clothes she's like i'm wearing them and it was her bag was just filled with hats (laughs) awesome the best character yeah the most character development probably (laughs) (laughs) also i did like speaking of hats woody harrelson's yes interesting choice Mm -hmm. and i did remember that from the movie the minute i saw it i was like yes i remember this character the wardrobe department just went Let's do all of the hats. Look, it's a disaster movie. It's going to be, you know, they're not going to have time to change, but you know what? They could change their hats. hats. T-shirts, jeans. You guys got those shoes? Great. Jacket. But do we have hats? (laughs) Uh, I I just snorted. Yes, you did. Um, Did you have any dated references? I had one. Kind of blew my mind. There's a scene where... Kate and Gordon are grocery shopping, mm-hmm. and you just see behind them a crap ton of vault energy drink. It was a drink that Coca-Cola made, mm-hmm. where they're like, it drinks like a soda, but it has energy in it. I vaguely remember that. Okay. The fun part about this, that was discontinued in 2011. <gasps> oh. So the movie was made in 2009. That's they true. didn't know it was going to be taken off shelves. Plot hole. <laughs> flat hole yeah. i'd be like if you want me to put your product in our movie you have to make sure it still exists <laughs> in the time the movie was set exactly that's funny i read what it was is they replaced it with they brought back mellow yellow oh, okay which i used to like as a kid same mm-hmm. and surge oh surge Do they still make surge i want to say there's a country overseas where it's still sold are you making a joke? No. Oh. <laughs> I, like, I legit looked it up one day. I was like, what happened to Surge? And, yeah. Uh, that's funny. 
So I didn't have any dated references or offensive jokes, but I did have a gripe that I like to, of course, in my feminist rants, I like to put them in this because it does date the movie to me. Mm-hmm. So they end up getting on a huge plane with Jackson's boss, basically, because mm-hmm. he, he's a writer, but he also has a day job as a limo driver for this Russian guy. Yes. Who's well off. Billionaire. Yes. But throughout the flight to China, they're trying to get to the arcs. They're, they run into problems, obviously. And Gordon is the co-pilot. And every single time there's a problem, he comes down there and goes, Jackson, Yuri, which is Yuri's his boss's name. Mm-hmm. We got a problem. Makes them go up there. I'm just saying there's two other adults there. Kate yes. and Yuri's girlfriend, which I can't remember her name. Tamara. Tamara. And they never consulted. Nope. Sexist. Very much so. It happens like three times. Mm-hmm. And I have some other things I will point out in a little bit that okay. were equally that way. But I, I also did not have any offensive jokes. And yeah. that was my only dated reference. I will say, I think we kind of address this in uh, <laughs> the Day After Tomorrow episode. There's no time for, I guess, a lot of jokes yeah. and a lot of dated references because everybody is fucking dying. Exactly. <laughs> Do you want to move on? Yes. Our next category, we're going to go ahead and play some PlayStation Portable in our car ride to Yellowstone and talk about some technology. Yeah. What did you notice? The first one I noted was Charlie Frost, who is uh, Woody Harrelson's character. He shows... Uh, Jackson, his conspiracy video, mm-hmm. and um, it just seemed like something you'd find on YouTube, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. The highlight for that, for me, uh-huh. in this video is he's explaining how 2012 is going to end the world, right. and he's like, the planets align, and then this dinosaur comes up and goes, oh, not again. <laughs> and he's like, I did the animation myself. It was delightful. Uh um, was yours the playstation portable because i went first time that i've seen this pop up in all of the episodes we've done right the other thing that i noticed was cell phones that didn't have touch screens that's true they had buttons it was like right right before yeah cusp very much so i will say yuri did have his had a touch screen but i don't know if that was given to him because he was a person that had a ticket to the arc Mm mm-hmm and he had to like use his thumbprint to yeah. So that that technology That's was advanced yeah, for he, the time. He like bought a seat on the ark with his thumbprint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it was like a check a boarding. That's a right. Boarding process. Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to talk about the CGI here a little bit. Okay. Um, I felt like it was a little too ambitious at times. Yes. In the scene that we kind of talked about at the beginning of the episode where uh, John Cusack is riding down the streets of L.A. Mm -hmm. with his family and, you know, everything is just falling apart. Mm -hmm. I felt like some of the scenes looked like they could have been from Grand Theft Auto. Like, that's how animated they looked. Because I think it was the camera placement. Yeah. And then to follow up on that. Anytime they went with a first person point of view where you're basically driving, yeah, it felt like a theme park ride. Yeah, I actually got a slightly nauseated at one point. <laughs> you know what? I realized halfway through that scene because it was a continuous scene for a while mm-hmm. until like he picked up his family till they got to that little airport. Mm-hmm. I remembered, I'm pretty sure this movie was shot for 3D and it was sold as being like. Come watch us in 3D. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. Just the way certain things were shot mm-hmm. and, I guess, created. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. There's parts that I was just like, whoa. Yeah. I felt like I was on the Simpsons ride. Yeah. Yeah. It was very good CGI for the most part, but I agree 100%. You kind of just summed it up perfectly. A little too ambitious. Yeah. Shall we move on? Yes. The next category is called, Is It Even Good? Like I emphasize Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where we talk about the plots, the plot holes, and we name our funniest and cringiest moments of this film. So the plot, as we mentioned, if you don't know, 
It's about the world ending. Yes. <laughs> Essentially. Mm-hmm. The core of the earth is melting and it's going to shift the tectonic plate. Is that the right word? Something oh. like, yeah. Well, sciencey science. Science jargon. <laughs> what I was kind of surprised and I kind of forgot they touch on is the whole class wealth system. Yes. And basically... The rich people can all afford to save themselves and buy spots on the Ark. Right. To survive. I kind of mentioned that. I I Mm -hmm. remembered some sort of like lottery system. But I thought it was going to be a little bit more like it is in Deep Impact, Mm -hmm. which it should have been. Yeah. But they were like, you know what? This is expensive. Even though money is not going to mean one fucking thing in the end of the world. But, you know, let's charge a bunch of people. There you go. Yeah. And then even when they get on the Ark, and it's it would remind you of almost a cruise ship. There's right. cabins. They're not huge by any means, but you could accommodate a lot more people. As Adrian Helmsley or Dr. Helmsley yes. points out, because he's, he's the one that has brought the situation to the government's attention. Unlike the day after tomorrow, they immediately believe him. Yes. And they... Put in a plan in motion to figure out how they're going to survive this. So they create all these arcs. Mm-hmm. And I think what he thought was going to happen was that they, they were going to choose people based on, you know, their skill set. And yes. The new world's going to need, you know, smart people. Kind of <laughs> like how they did in Deep Impact, if you remember. <laughs> yes. But instead, they're like, you know what? Let's see all the richest people can afford to give us 1 billion euros. Yeah. Was that what it was? It was billion? W- 1 billion euros, yes. And people that are poor or middle class, well, you're fucked. Mm-hmm. Even higher middle class would be fucked. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a billion dollars laying around. Yeah. I don't know what the conversion is, but if it has a billion, you can damn well bet we don't got it. Yeah. So, shall we move on? Yes. Into the plot holes, and do you have 20 years to sit here and talk? I was going to say... As a person who many a times when we watch these movies, my response is, I don't have any. That is not the case today. What was your first one? So, beginning of the movie, John Cusack and his family, Jackson, they go out to go camping at Yellowstone. Mm -hmm. He wants to go show his kids this lake that him and Kate used to go to. They go over there. Lake's gone. So they hop some no trespassing signs. Yeah. And go into this restricted area. All of a sudden, the army shows up. They escort jackson and his family to a research area at which point adrian comes out meets them and then tells them to go back to their campsite and i was like why did you take him there just to tell him to go back to his campsite because they wanted the two main characters to meet each other Mm -hmm. basically i did like that scene and my gripe was like you're not a very good dad <laughs> if you're like, oh, this restricted fence. Let's just climb over that. And oh, this lake th- that isn't here. And now there's a bunch of flags and it's it's a definitely, you know, sectioned off. Like, do not come over here. Let's just walk over it. Let's go check it out. Surprisingly, this guy survived the whole movie. <laughs> I honestly, my first plot hole was just the fact i don't know what the time frame is because it can be easily explained mm-hmm. but the fact that he drove from la to yellowstone mm-hmm. in a limo with his kids it was 15 hours it's a, that's a 15 hour drive holy crap yeah wow. so and it, it just seemed like it was like a weekend trip yeah that's a lot of driving for <laughs> one person yeah. yeah and i was just like you know you have a bunch of national parks in california right <laughs> Seems really uh, like a long drive for a camping trip. Yeah. But okay. Go to Big Bear, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when the point you mentioned where they just walk onto that thing, I'm like, he's definitely that guy that dies at Yellowstone because he's like, those hot springs look like they're fun. And then I died because I got burned alive. <laughs> I'll go check this out. Which there's usually like one or two people that happens to every single year. Oh, yeah. Absolutely people are dumb they're not smart no what was your next one my next one there's a scene where they mention two million people in south america died right they have stopped the olympic games in london sure we have seen la is completely destroyed california is gone it's gone yeah done so then they cut to 
Adrian and Carl are in the White House just casually discussing their plans. They're just watching CNN at one point. I'm going, how many people are in California that have died? Yeah. There's probably somewhere in the ballpark of 50 to 60 million people worldwide dead that they know of. And you guys are just like, so what? how do you want to attack this? Right. Like, where's the panic? <laughs> they don't want to cause a panic. But the, even in the people in the background of the White House are just like walking around like it's an episode of the West Wing. <laughs> That's true. I kind of had a similar plot hole in the sense that they didn't show it. And I don't know if it was meant to be something like, of course, they addressed it. The disaster that happened in California and it's happening in Las Vegas and Yellowstone and basically the whole West Coast. Mm -hmm. But when the president, Danny Glover's character, decides to stay instead of get on Air Force One to go to the Ark, he addresses the nation mm-hmm. and i was like is this the first time you're addressing the nation since all this shit happened because it's been a couple days at least yeah and you're just now going like hey that sucks <laughs> what happened in california right <laughs> some stuff went down isn't it crazy yeah piggybacking off of that jackson and gordon and their family fly to vegas right vegas is demolished for the most pretty part. much yeah but i noticed conveniently always whenever they were flying someplace airport runways were good to go those must be the most solid things in the world yeah and getting to the point that i was going to initially was you mentioned the president's addressing the nation and everybody is in the airport in vegas watching him talk and then the feed cuts out they were all calm the minute the television feed cuts out they freak out right they just start screaming i was like For all of a sudden, you know, somebody hit the power button on the TV. Calm down. It's almost like they're okay as long as they have communication feed or the news is telling you it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But then the minute that's not there, they're like, no. Or they might have been freaking out because he does say, this will be the last time I address you. That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're all going to die. Basically. Yeah. So you mentioned that they flew to Yellowstone first Mm because they went to go find Charlie because he had the map where the arcs were going to be. And their whole plan is just trying to get on one of those arcs. Mm -hmm. So obviously they just saw California just fall into the ocean. Mm -hmm. And then now they've landed in Yellowstone and Jackson and his daughter go find Charlie. Everybody else is waiting for them at the plane and shit starts happening again. And Gordon's like, we need to get going. And Amanda Pete's character is like, yeah, wait just a second. Don't leave my fucking daughter and ex-husband. But at one point he's like, this guy's a nut job. Like he doesn't believe Jackson. Yeah. And he still he still doesn't believe that the world is ending, even mm-hmm. though he just saw his whole state fall into the ocean. Yeah. It's very confusing. <laughs> and they were on the car ride from hell. Right. Where just the road is splitting in half. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. But he was still like, this guy's a nut job. Why are we waiting for him? Uh, Because he's been right about shit. And he's going to talk to his nut job. Yeah. (laughs) Who also has been right about everything. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. So what we're saying, guys, is if the world ever ends, pick your nut job and listen to him. Right. We might even be your nut jobs. (laughs) It's a weird thing to say. Did you have any other ones you wanted to discuss? This is a minor gripe, and it's because me and you are frequent visitors to the city of Las Vegas. We know the order in which the hotels occur on Las Vegas Boulevard. They leave the airport, Mm -hmm. and and they're flying away, and they have to dodge the wind. Right. Which is one of the furthest hotels from the airport. And next thing, they are dodging the Bellagio, but they're flying over the front of the Bellagio. And then they almost get hit by the Eiffel Tower, which would have been behind them. Yeah. You could have did it in the correct order. You guys just went the the wrong order for no reason. The airport is on the west side of the Strip. Yes. So they should have hit like MGM Mm -hmm. or New York, New York. Yes. Or Excalibur or something. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a minor gripe. But it is. Yeah. But I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. Also, since they were flying a lot, it should be noted that Gordon only has had two lessons. Yeah. They said. Mm-hmm. Yet he was able to maneuver 
through some heavy shit in the first two hel- uh, plane rides. Yeah. I said helicopter rides, but I meant plane rides. I will say when they show the plane, like it, it's not just smooth sailings. It's like, oh God, this is janky. Yeah. Not level flying. Yeah. But I agree with you. He's had two lessons. He's not going to know what he's doing. And then to have that pressure on top of it, maybe it's like an adrenaline rush and that mm-hmm. helped. I don't know. He just, does try to say like, I don't think I'm qualified to do this, but true. it's like, but then he our options are, well, their option was you step up to the plate and at least try or we die anyway. That's true. In California, it was pretty much die or die in the air or die on the ground. Yeah. But at least in the air, you're trying to escape. Yeah. You gave it a shot. Yeah. Did you have anything else? One last one. Sure. Adrian calls Satnam from the Ark mm-hmm. on a cell phone. I think Satnam calls him. Calls Adrian? Yeah. I was just going, I don't know that a cell phone would work. That's how I was going. At this point, the towers would be down. Yeah. And the arcs are very thick. Yeah. It's kind of like a concrete silo they're in at one point. I was just wondering why you called them in the first place, other than to drive the plot into the sense that Adrian was like, this is not how it was supposed to happen. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's just found out that they sold tickets instead of picking people that should help further the human existence. And his friend was supposed to be picked up. This guy helped them figure out the problem. So if anything, he should have been priority. Yet he was on a mountain running away from a tidal wave with Mm -hmm. his poor little family. And he calls his friend and I'm like, way to leave a guilt trip right before you die. You're like... Way to not save me and my beautiful family. <laughs> okay, gonna bye, I'm going to die. die. Yeah. What was your funniest liner moment? My funniest liner moment is, it's when Jackson and Lily go looking for Charlie Frost. Yeah. They're coming back, and Jackson looks at Lily and's like, look at me, do I look scared? And she just nods her head yes. <laughs> but he was trying to you know, be, a, be strong for his daughter, and it's just funny the way she was like, yeah, you do. There is another part where it's when they're in the plane still where uh, the big plane with the Russian family and the a bunch of cars and they're having a nice like little heart to heart with their kids, mm-hmm. um, Jackson and Kate, basically like because at this point they're thinking it's going to happen eventually. They're all going to die. Yeah. And so they're having this nice little moment and they're trying to be brave. But the son was like, we're going to die. And John Cusack's face was basically like yeah 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 we are (laughs) yeah you're right (laughs) i was like way to be that parent telling a fib like we'll be fine yeah my funniest moment was just a very short line Mm -hmm. it was right when jackson meets charlie woody harrelson's character and he's in his trailer with him and he just picks up a pickle just like a bear pickle Mm -hmm. he's like pickle and jackson's like no no (laughs) it just made me laugh so much but then like two seconds later he's like beer and he's like yeah 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 yeah, i'll take one of those (laughs) and then there's another part that was uh when they're in the ark but they're having issues or obviously they got in through a hatch Mm -hmm. and things are flooding because they got hit with the tidal wave but because they came in through that hatch they blocked the door from sealing completely and it was when Adrian comes down there and is like, oh, Jackson, it's it's Adrian Helmsley. We met in Yellowstone. He's like, that's great. Open the goddamn door. It's <laughs> 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 oh, uh, hilarious. I also liked when they were, people were starting to board the Ark. And you mentioned Yuri, the Russian billionaire. And he's upset. And he like asked to speak to a supervisor. I was, like, I was like, he's being a Karen over yeah. here. Let me speak to your manager. I should have given him the Karen haircut. Uh, what was your cringiest line or moment? My cringiest line was Gordon and Kate are grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. And Gordon starts getting a little handsy with Kate. And he's like, we should have a baby. And she was just like, no, we're not having a baby right now. And he was like, he's kind of getting a little grabby. And she, mm-hmm. he goes, women pay me thousands of dollars to handle their boobs. You get it for free gross because he's like a plastic surgeon yeah 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 i totally missed that part yeah must have been typing something i remember that scene because the floor splits open Mm -hmm. okay mine is let me set it up for you so they're in las vegas 
they had just gotten into the airport and they see Yuri and every uh, his whole family and they convince him to take them along. So they're leaving and this firefighter, he follows them. He's like, come back here. It's not safe out there. But he pauses uh-huh. and it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. And because you see the small shadow looming, but the way it was done, you could barely see it. So it just looked like he awkwardly paused. Yes. And it was hilarious. He takes a step back inside and just was like, let me close this door. <laughs> like he instantly was just like, you can go. Yeah. Never mind. But you're. it's not even apparent no. why he's scared. Yeah. I uh, let a good chuckle out during that scene. I was like, what the hell was that? So, random thoughts? Mm-hmm. I have some. I have some as well. But you go first. I'm going to compare this movie a lot to The Day After Tomorrow because it was written and directed by the same person. So, there are some similarities. Mm-hmm. They do have a moment. There's a very similar line where it's, I thought we had more time. I will say this one was a little more natural in the sense that it starts in 2009 when they figure out the core is melting. And then it kind of shows the progression of the next three years of them trying to deal with it Mm -hmm. or getting ready to deal with this problem. So I will say it's a little more convincing in that sense. Mm -hmm. I did want to mention at one point, Danny Glover... The entire Washington, D.C. area is, like, covered in ash. The Washington Monument's been destroyed. It's really bad. And all of a sudden, a battleship, because, like, there's a tidal wave that's just massive, a massive right. tsunami coming. And this battleship comes towards him, mm-hmm. which it's uh, it's the John F. Kennedy, so it's huge. Yeah. And he just looks at it, and he's like, I'm coming home, Dorothy. And I was just thinking, he really missed the point. He could have just looked at it and went, B-9. You sunk my battleship. <laughs> That's what was coming Or he could have said, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> so true. <laughs> also, I felt bad for his character that, first of all, he's the president and he feels responsible for how they handle it, which he should mm-hmm. a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. But I also blame Oliver Platt's character a lot more. But not only did he just survive an earthquake... Then he gets hit with a tidal wave like two seconds later. This movie does not hold back on the amount of carnage that it shows. We're going to have earthquake. We're going to have volcanoes. We're going to have fires. We're going to have tidal waves. Yeah. This movie has everything. It has everything. (laughs) Uh, We kind of touched on the whole rich people, class warfare. The rich people get a seat on the ark because they can afford it. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the most realistic part about this movie is that I would no doubt think that that would be a real thing. Oh, yeah. That would happen. What's insane is there's such limited seats and there's so many people that our world, if we had to restart, we would need. Mm -hmm. And yet Yuri makes sure him and his two dumb, spoiled teenage kids are Three of the people on this shit are on these arcs. Yeah, well, they're going to be. Yeah, it no, didn't quite work out. Didn't the way quite work wanted. out for Yuri. Now, <laughs> I did notice that this movie had a lot of near, uh, as far as Jackson's family is concerned, like near misses of them surviving, like in California, in Yellowstone, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like there was a reoccurring theme with the goodbye phone calls in this movie. Yeah. Every single character had a goodbye phone call Mm -hmm. to a loved one. Yeah. And that's incredibly realistic. Everybody has time to make those phone calls when the world is ending. You get good cell reception. Yes. The lines are not overloaded. Well, I see where the movie was trying to get to is that it's kind of like a philosophical question. Like, what kind of human are you going to be? Adrian brings it up in his speech at the very end. It's like, are we going to be the type of people that allows a bunch of people to die? I mean, they already did, sort Mm -hmm. of. But now they're faced with, you know, this group of people that didn't get to go on the one arc because it was damaged. Yeah. So when it's like staring in the face, they're like, I guess we can let these people on. But yeah, it's just like a a morality question of like, are you going to be the type of people that tries to help somebody or what's going to matter at the end of the world? There's there's a lot going on. Yeah. There was even a scene where he says something to Oliver Platt mm-hmm. and some of the workers deserve the spot. And he's like, yeah. you can give them your spot. Yeah. And they're just instantly like, no, 
<laughs> no thanks. <laughs> I think him and uh, 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 Tandy Newton's character yeah. were like kind of shrugged almost. Yeah. They're like, like, okay. You know what? Good point. They're not <laughs> worth it. Did you feel like that last scene where they're stuck in the hatch and it's getting flooded seemed to go on forever? Yeah. I think it was like 30 minutes in the movie. I kept going, how long could he hold his breath for? Yeah, that's that's very true. My gripe and plot holes were all around like people aren't reacting, you know, like they're like, hey, it's no big deal. But when Jackson dislodges a tool from a gear so the door can close properly, pure jubilation. Everyone was so happy. Well, because now they're not maybe going to die. But I'm like, you guys aren't reacting to the world ending around you. That's true. There's millions upon millions of deaths. Yeah. And there was a point uh, when they are watching California, like slide into the ocean. Mm -hmm. There's this like little bit of a somber moment where they're all like, we survived. And then, but that was it. Yeah. And even at the end of the movie, after Gordon has died, like two seconds later, Kate and Jackson are making out. Yep. (laughs) Let's run it back, honey. But they did kind of foreshadow it when they were in the big hatch plane Mm -hmm. she said i love him enough because that's what you want to hear just tears at those heartstrings i love him enough (laughs) also i think the movie would definitely be an hour long if they cut all of the tragic death scenes of each city yeah that were incredibly long i was gonna say it's like a two and a half hour movie (laughs) You want to take a quick pause and then we'll come back and hand out some awards? For sure. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. As always here on Ruining Our Childhood, it is award season. We give out two awards every week, the first of which is the valedictorian to the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Whom did you give your award to? Well, I gave mine to two people. Oh. They could have basically been one person. Mm-hmm. And that was the twins. <laughs> Alec and Oleg. Mm-hmm. They are played by Alexander and Philippe Hausman. And they were awful. Yeah. Not only were they just terrible kids until the very end, I guess, but... They just, I couldn't get a read on if they had Russian accents or British accents or American. Yeah. They were very vague, but they were just horrible children. Like, they told Jackson when he dropped him off at the airport, the right before, you know, hell breaks loose in California, that we're going to live and you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, they are terrible, terrible children. And somehow they got to survive. I don't know. <sighs> Maybe something about letting children die, even though... So many children probably died. I mean, if you think about it, how many people were they actually able to get on the arcs? Like 50,000? Maybe. Yeah. Six billion are dead. These two shitheads survived. (laughs) (laughs) Who did you give yours to? I gave mine to Thandie Newton, who plays Laura Wilson. I I didn't have a huge issue with any of the acting, really, Mm -hmm. in this movie, but when... There's the issue with the door closing because that tool's stuck in the gear. Right. She just says this line so robotically, it kind of stopped me in my tracks. She goes, something must have gone wrong. You think? I did find her, and I think she's a great actress, yes. especially nowadays. But I, th- I found her accent and tone of voice to be a little surprising because I know she has a very, I think she has a very, like, husky voice almost Mm -hmm. in real life but in this one because i think she was doing the american accent she had her tone was like three octaves higher than it usually is yes i agree i said octaves octaves like Um, octavia spencer (laughs) so she like kind of talked like this yeah it was a little weird yeah not not a bad pick there's a lot to choose from i think in this film do you want to move on to the next award absolutely the next award is the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting. Who did you give your award to? I'm going to throw you off here because you're going, he's giving it to John Cusack. He's going to give it to Chiwetel Ejiofor. I gave mine to Morgan Lilly, who played Lily. <laughs> you just loved her because of the hats, didn't you? Well, that's part of it. Okay. Okay. I felt like she was the only person that 
was struggling with what was going on. Reacting appropriately? Yes. She was the only one that I felt grasped the magnitude of what was happening. Sure. Down to, like, they're putting life preservers on when they're Mm -hmm. in the cargo hatch on that plane with the Russians. And she's crying because she's like, I'm not a good swimmer. Yeah. She's terrified. No one else is reacting to anything in this movie. But I felt like she brought the A-game. And then... When your house is falling down and you look back and you go, my cats, you're going to win this award every time. (laughs) What would be the one item that you would look into the house and say? Are you with me and the dogs are with me? (laughs) Yes, we're with you. I don't know. (laughs) My Hulk Hogan pop figure. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Uh, as long as you guys are with me, I'm fine. This all can be replaced. That's why you have insurance. (laughs) That's true. I'd probably be like, I just bought a new pair of jeans. (laughs) Or something stupid like that. You know, when you're in shock. Yeah. You know, things aren't necessarily processing correctly. Oh, that's why I'm like, I don't know what I would be looking back at going, oh, man. Our wedding pictures would probably be the one thing I'd be like, well, can't get those back. Right. But some are on Facebook. So problem solved. But Facebook would not be a thing. The servers would be down. The world would be engulfed in nothingness. They could come back up. Maybe. I don't know. I gave mine to Chiwetel Ejiofor. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? I believe he did. Chiwetel Ejiofor. He played Adrian Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've talked about him. I think the biggest thing that did it for me was his speech at the end when he's convincing the other arcs that they do need to let the other people on like Yuri's group of people that their art got damaged and they were just going to leave them for dead. Yeah. Which, I mean, serves them right because none of these people, if you think about it, none of these people weren't anybody else in their life. Mm-hmm. They all paid for a ticket on the arc. They only could get so many. And they probably, they went on living their life for a couple of years and didn't tell anybody that this was happening. Yeah. And Yuri even left his, girlfriend mm-hmm. to die basically yeah by the way did she die she yeah i think so she they she looked like she was gonna drown and then they never showed her again plot just... hole <laughs> oh i think she died yeah. i think she did too yeah. but i just felt like when he was saying like what will we tell our children is this how we want to start our new world with a horrible event mm-hmm. and it's kind of just You know, looking back at our history, we've made a lot of horrible choices as humans. And now we have a chance to, I guess, reset, even though, to be honest with you, it's on Oliver Platt and him, kind of, all the deaths of all the people that never got to even get a chance to be on the Ark. Yeah. But let's forget about that for a second. (laughs) His his speech was, like, very passionate, and he realized, like, how they fucked up already. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, now we have this chance to save these people right here in front of us. We need to take it. Yeah. So I thought he was, he did a really great job. And I honestly think he was probably too good for this movie at the time. And obviously today, he's definitely too good for this movie. Yeah, yeah. No, he's not making this movie in 2021. He's like, no. No, thank you. (laughs) No, thank you, sir. No. Um. But I think I like John Cusack's performance. He brought a little more lightness to mm-hmm. the to the movie. But I think like his whole storyline was incredibly unbelievable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it, yes. So now we shall answer the question. Did this hold up in our predictions? We said it would. Yes. And what do you think? I think it was close, but I don't think it held up. But I think this was kind of a a similar situation to Gone in 60 Seconds, where, Mm -hmm. yeah, it didn't hold up, but it's a fun movie to watch. Yeah. Um, You mentioned earlier the special effects were pretty good. I just think at some point there was too much going on. Yeah. We kind of jokingly did our stuff on and said, this movie had everything. It really did. Yes. At some point, it's like, hey, maybe just pick one thing and focus on it. Right. It basically was Deep Impact had a baby with The Day After Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised they didn't fit aliens in there somehow. Yeah. Because that was the only disaster element that this movie was missing. Because then I was thinking, like, and then there's a cruise ship sinking. And yeah. then there's volcanoes erupting. And then there's just too much. <laughs> it's, tr- it's, it's too, too much. much. 
I agree with you. I think that definitely did it for me. And the repetitiveness and this movie did not have to be as long as it was. Yeah. It's something that I feel like The Day After Tomorrow did better. Yes. Agreed. In general. As a just a light, not a light, but just like a lighter <laughs> disaster movie, end of the world. But it focused on one climate change factor and uh-huh. it went with it whereas yeah. this one's like let's have tidal waves let's have fires let's have the volcanoes erupting let's have earthquakes yeah. yeah let's have people dying at every turn yeah let's have a guy trying to hold his breath underwater to dislodge a tool so a door could close who's also a writer of a really shitty novel apparently yeah that sold 400 copies <laughs> i don't think it was shitty it was just apparently ahead of its time yeah you know, yeah. it happens. If this movie was about 45 minutes to an hour shorter, wouldn't be that bad of a movie. It was, it, like I said, it was a fun watch. Yeah. I would watch it again in 10 years or something, but it wasn't Biodome bad. <laughs> no, 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 no. Speaking of Biodome bad. <laughs> next week. Yes. It's going to be our final episode of season two. And then we're going to take a little break. Mm-hmm. Refresh. Come back with a. Some new categories, maybe. We we're don't replacing know. Ryan yeah. with Rupert. What? We're going to get Rupert on the mic. Uh, so do I just get to sit in the hall and tap my paws the whole episode? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan's staying. I'm mm. staying. So next week in the army now. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? I'm excited. No poll. No for poll For people this to week. vote in. Yeah. You guys made your choice this week. <laughs> you made your choice. Now like it. <laughs> I will say... Going back to the Polly Shore week, this was my pick. Oh, yeah. So it it'll be interesting to see You're if it's... You're the winner. Yeah, I'm the winner. <laughs> Is it just better than Biodome? I think that'll be a success for it. That's a good question. Yeah. And it's one we will address Yeah. on next week's episode. Mm-hmm. So thanks for listening, guys. If you haven't, check out our social media, Instagram at Ruining Our Childhood, Twitter at ROC Movie Podcast, and if you have a moment... Why not leave a review on our Apple podcast page or whatever, however you do that. And if you really want to get crazy, go over to www.ruiningourchildhood.com. Maybe buy a t-shirt or a sticker while you're there. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Check out the website. Yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Sometimes I update it. Yeah. Sometimes I don't. There you go. Sometimes we don't, but it's there. (laughs) It's a mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Dark. Uh, Anyway. Have a great week, guys. We'll be back next week. Okay. Okay, bye. Bye.